Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, everybody. Dan here. This week on the Hello Old Sports Podcast, we feature Andrew and I head-to-head in Super Bowl trivia. We had originally planned to air this episode a week ago, just in time for the big game, but unfortunately, life got in the way a little bit, and we're not posting until today. As you'll hear, we had a lot of fun recording this episode, so we figured you'd all enjoy it too, even if it is a bit late. Also, I wanted to let you know about some appearances we've made on some of the other great podcasts on the Sports History Network. Catch Andrew and me on Jeremy McFarlane's Football is Family podcast, talking about the history of the New York Giants. Jeremy posted that episode this week, so head on over and give it a listen as soon as you can. We'll also be appearing soon on the SHN Showcase, hosted by our good buddy Oz, talking about ourselves and the Hello Old Sports podcast, so keep an eye out for that in the coming weeks. And finally, check me out on Darren Hayes' Pigskin Dispatch Show, talking about all of the great NFL players who wore the number four. You can find all these podcasts and a lot more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Finally, you'll note that in this episode I mentioned the great Bay Area sportscaster Bill King, but for some reason I refer to him as Jim King. I sincerely apologize for the mistake. Enjoy. Hello, old sports, and welcome to the Hello, Old Sports podcast on the Sports History Network. We'd like to thank you for once again joining us on the Hello, Old Sports podcast. Andrew, how are you today? At the moment, I'm doing well. We'll see how I'm feeling in a little while with the, uh, with the results of the trivia, if I'm, if I'm taking a beating or not. I do have to say that, and I know we'll, we'll speak to tonight's episode, but it's nice that a lot of our episodes, we have to do research. For this one, not only did I not have to do research, I couldn't do research. So <laughs> that was nice. I didn't have to feel like I was slacking off by not looking into anything because that's kind of cheating. Exactly. That's what I told myself. So a little bit of something different here tonight. We, as we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, we devoted the entire month of January to the NFL and we did our quarterback Mount Rushmore's. We did Super Bowl 25 and we decided that for the week of the Super Bowl that a good thing to do would be to put together a little sports trivia contest a little Super Bowl trivia contest and we had a couple potential contestants but they fell through uh, for scheduling reasons or maybe they were just afraid of our superior uh, sports history knowledge so the way they've been ducking me is a disgrace <laughs> they've been taking the easy fights fighting <laughs> that is a clubber Lang Rocky three reference there and so we are lucky to have with us a special guest Actually, two special guests on the podcast tonight. My lovely wife, Allison, has agreed to be our quiz master and ask us the questions. Allison, how are you? Good. How are you doing this evening? We're doing well. Thank you for finally joining the podcast. Allison is a... You guys are asking each other how you're doing, like you're not sitting together and living together and... Haven't seen each other all day. Exactly. 
So, and then we also have uh, somebody who hopefully whose voice you will not hear on the podcast this evening. He's appeared once or twice, despite my best editing. And that is the Hello Old Sports mascot, the three-legged boxer mix, Thumper the Dog, who usually is watched by Allison when we record. But since she's helping us out tonight, uh, he is down here with us as well. So hopefully he will stay in his sleeping state and will be a good boy, (laughs) which doesn't always tend to happen. So... Before we start, I just want to make a couple of quick announcements. First of all, we'd like to encourage you, as always, to interact with the show, like us, rate us, uh, leave us a comment, whether it's in iTunes or whatever your podcast app of choice is. A few people have done that recently, and we want to thank you very much for that. Also, find us on Facebook at Hello Old Sports Podcast, and please do give us a like and also interact with the page in any way that you can comment on our posts, post on our page, anything like that, because the more interaction there is with the page, the more likely it is to be seen by others. Even followers sometimes don't always see every post. So please, please, please do interact with the page. And then you can, of course, email us at helloworldsports at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions or anything you'd like to add there. And then I just wanted to talk a little bit about some things. And I just because this is already a little bit of a different episode, as most people have, I've been living through the uh, time at home due to the coronavirus pandemic. And hopefully that'll be over sooner rather than later. But I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the sports history material that I've been able to order, engage with, that kind of gets me through the day when I'm looking through a little bit of sports history, looking for a little bit of a sports history fix. The first one is something called Rare Sports Films. And Rare Sports Films, you can find them, and I'll put, I'll post links to all of these on the show notes. But Rare Sports Films is a website with vintage sports films, lots of cool stuff. What I've mostly ordered from them is they have a number of baseball game World Series broadcasts from the mid-1950s, from 1955, 56, and 57. Sometimes it's whole full game broadcasts, and sometimes it's just partial, just several innings, because the way they were recorded back then, they were recorded on several different kinescopes, and then those were put together when those were reshown. So sometimes only three of the four kinescopes will be found. So sometimes you'll have the first couple innings, then you'll miss a couple innings and it'll pick back up. So check out rare sports films. Also check out uh, Fleetwood recordings. Uh, that is a, an audio company that was prominent in the 1970s and eighties. And what they do is, They're known as Fleetwood Sounds, and they're actually based out of Massachusetts. They're based out of Revere, Massachusetts. And they put out, at the time, they put out vinyl records. So if a team would have a big season, you know, the the 1976 Steelers or the 72-73 Knicks would put out, you know, a 45-minute or so vinyl recording of the highlights from that season, usually narrated by somebody associated with the team. So the Knicks ones are narrated by Marv Albert and 
Kurt Gowdy or whoever, Johnny Most for the Celtics. So I've ordered a bunch on everything from the 60s Packers to the 73 Knicks. There's one about the entire history of sports in the 20th century up till that point. So check out Fleetwood Sounds, and they've all been, a lot of them have been reissued on CDs, and you can buy those there. So check out Fleetwood Sounds. Allison and I have been playing a lot of Stratomatic Baseball, which is a lot of fun. It's a Dyson card baseball game, and I've ordered a bunch of sets from them and they have a a set of all the hall of famers and then a set of Negro league stars and that type of thing. So check out Stratomatic baseball. And then there's also a website and this isn't specific to sports, but biblio.com B I B L I O.com is a basically an aggregation of used bookstores and you can go on, you can search for books and you can order used books from, any number of used bookstores throughout the country and they'll get shipped to you. And so I bought a lot of old sports books, some that I didn't even know existed that I purchased, some of which I've used or will use in preparation for the podcast. So Biblio, Fleetwood Sounds, Rare Sports Films, and Stratomatic Baseball, some of the things that have been feeding my sports history addiction over the last several months. So would encourage you to check each and every one of those out. All right, let's get down to it. Are you ready for some Super Bowl trivia? I am. Um, real quick, I'd just like to plug that what I've been doing during the pan- uh, pandemic's past the time is I have been uh, drinking uh, alcohol <laughs> a lot. Um, so that's you can usually get that at any of your finer gas stations. Um, <laughs> Sometimes there's still hot dogs there if you get there early enough in the evening. Um, so, you know, just, just sort of a plug for that as well. Right. Well, thank you for that. All right. So we have a book uh, that was purchased on Amazon Kindle by LaVon Davis, the Super Bowl Challenge 2021. Wait, wait, hang on. He purchased the book or he wrote the book? I he, purchased on Amazon by LaVon Davis. The book is written by LaVon Davis. Purchased and by you, I'm assuming? What? Purchased on Amazon by you? By me, yes. Super Bowl Challenge 2021, facts and quizzes. Every fan wants to know about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl trivia book. So there's about 90 questions here. I don't know if we'll get through all of them, but what we're going to do is we'll just go back and forth. That We'll keep score. Allison will read the questions, and we'll let Andrew go first. You'll answer until you get one wrong, and then I'll have the chance to answer that one and well, we'll just go in that order. Are you ready? Smug. I'm sorry. I'll, you'll answer until you get one wrong, and then I'll have a chance to answer. Not like the other way around. Like you're not once you once you're it's your turn. I can get up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> not going to get another question. Well, maybe you can make it to the gas station while they still have hot dogs. Real, so. real quick question. A serious question this time. So this will be up to and including last year's Super Bowl. That's my understanding. Okay. All right. All right, and there are one or two questions that I've already seen because I had to look at this to make sure it was legit. So mm-hmm. if one of those questions come up, we'll just we'll skip that one and, and go to the next one. So let me turn it over to my lovely wife to begin the questioning. Cool. All right. First question. What year was the first NFL postseason game held? I believe the answer to this is 1933. You are correct. Because I know that... The first NFL championship game was like the formal one was in 34, but 33. Didn't they play the 33 one inside on like a dirt field for like 
50 yards at the old Chicago Stadium. I believe that's correct. According to the book, in fact, it was played at Wrigley Field on December 17th uh, when the Bears defeated the Giants 23-21. to There was some game that was played inside. I think the one you're thinking of was in 32. Oh, okay. I so think that was the year before that the Bears did that. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I was still right. I just expounded incorrectly. <laughs> after that, but okay. Are we keeping any kind of score or we're just doing this for fun? Yes. We are keeping score. Yes. Okay. Um, question two. Which of the following artists was the first person to perform in the halftime show in two different years? James Brown... Phil Collins, Gloria Estefan, or none of the above? Uh, I'll say Gloria Estefan. You would be correct. I I was just thinking because of Miami and there's a lot of Super Bowls there that that was probably a good guess, but... That does seem to be. Moving on to question three. During the decade of the 1970s, which state hosted the most number of Super Bowls? 70s so we're talking a lot of florida new orleans had a couple i feel like it's got to be either louisiana or florida i don't think california would have had i will say louisiana you would be correct they hosted four super bowls in the 1970s excellent excellent you know what I just saw a couple of weeks ago on the Super Bowl highlight films that I've been watching? What's One that? of the, I think it was the Steelers' first Super Bowl. They were supposed to play it at the Superdome, but it wasn't ready in time. Oh, really? So, so they that? ended up having to play outside at Tulane, and it was like 38 degrees and raining. It was crazy. I know, I know all those years where they talked about, you know, or the year the Gi- uh, they played the Super Bowl at MetLife Stadium, there was all that talk that day. Of, you know, it was obviously all the lead up was like, well, it'll obviously be the coldest Super Bowl ever. And then that day it was like a few degrees warmer than one of those outdoor games from early in the seventies. It might've even been, it might've been that one, but yeah, I, re- I remember that they, they played a few of them. I know there was one at, I was looking at this the other day. There was one at Rice stadium in Houston. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of ones at like Tulane and stuff back then. So Question four. Wait, real quick. What if we just got all of these right and it was clearly a sham? Like we just we just got all 90 of these right and the whole thing was just like how smart we are? <laughs> yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Oh. I, I couldn't really review it because if I, if I looked at all the questions, I wouldn't know. I would know what the questions were. But most of the ones I've guessed, two of the three I wasn't sure on. So anyway, we can keep going. I'm in a rhythm. I also wouldn't put it past you, all, you guys getting these all correct. So... Question four, who was the first quarterback to appear on the roster of five consecutive Super Bowl losers? All right. So you feel like this has to be somebody with the Bills and then the next year or the year prior, I would feel like. Or maybe not. I feel like my brother's looking like he knows the answer to this. But I mean, somebody would have, could have been on no more than three teams to lose five consecutive Super Bowls. So I do know the answer, but it's because I, this was one of the few that I looked at when I was. Okay. Well, if, I get, if I get it wrong, we'll just move on. Yeah. But I actually had heard this like a couple months ago, just randomly and had forgotten that I had heard it. 
So, well, give me a couple of seconds to figure it out. And also, if anybody's playing along, they should probably. So it's fi- it's on the roster for five straight Super Bowl losers is the question, correct? That is correct. Who lost a bunch sort of in a row or close other than that? Now, I won't, you know, I will put kind of a soft our own time limit on this, but I'm just trying to think. The Broncos lost three out of four in 86, 87, and 89. But I don't think anybody from there would have been on the... Frank Reich wasn't on the Chargers, I don't think. And I don't think he was on the Broncos in 89. I'm going to say Frank Reich just based on not having a better solution. No, the answer to this one is Gail Gilbert. Um, He is commonly known as the winning quarterback in the legendary Stanford band play game. Um, He was the third string quarterback for the Buffalo Bills um, and then later was a member of the San Diego Chargers. All right. I was count that for me, but I, I was close enough. I was right church, wrong pew. Counted as in kind of right? Yeah. No, it's, you didn't have the right name. But it was the Bills. Well, that wasn't the question. All right, fine. Go ahead. All right. So I believe this means we are switching over to Dan for the next question. Dan, your first question. Which of the following defensive players did not win a Super Bowl MVP award? Larry Brown, Dexter Jackson, Richard Dent, Dick Anderson. Dick Anderson, who I believe was a dolphin. That is correct that it is Dick Anderson. Yes. And he also was a former strong safety of the dolphins. Moving along. Who was the first team from the American football league to win the NFL championship? The first team from the American football league to win the NFL championship. I'm going to say it's the Miami Dolphins because as Andrew always reminds Jet fans, the Super Bowl was not the NFL championship until after Super Bowl five or until Super Bowl five. Well, you are correct that it is the Miami Dolphins. However, the explanation here does say that the Jets were the first AFL team to win the Super Bowl, upsetting the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl three. Moving on to our next question. The first Super Bowl pitted the Green Bay Packers against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Packers won Super Bowl one by a score of 35 to 10. Which receiver scored the first touchdown in Super Bowl history? Max McGee. Who had been out drinking all night before and only got in the game because of an injury to Boyd Dowler. See, now back then... You couldn't get hot dogs at the gas station. You had to get them somewhere else. (laughs) This is a little looser of an episode for anybody who hasn't already noticed, but, you know. The score is now tied. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm keeping track of my own score, like how many right and wrong, but I'll count on you for the head-to-head matchups. Which of the following do quarter... I'm sorry. Which of the following do the winning quarterbacks from the first three Super Bowls have in common? They had the same first name. They had the same jersey number. They threw two touchdown passes in the Super Bowl. They went to the same college. 
they went to the same college. Star and Namath both went to Alabama. That is correct. Moving along, which team won the AFC's Central's first division title in 1970? I saw this one as I was browsing through. Well, it was Cincinnati, but we'll, we'll just keep going. All right, we're skipping that one. During the first 40 Super Bowls, who was the first team to go, three, go to three consecutive Super Bowls? The Dolphins. Yes, that is correct. I was re- real quick when you were talking about that 1970 thing. It was th- that was the first year of the merger, you know, where there was 13 and 13. And it, what was it, 72 when they just got really weird? And for a year, it was like, it's like the only time ever where the Giants weren't in the same division as Washington, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. It was like the century. They, they all started with C. It was like the centennial and the century mm-hmm. and the... That was in 1967. Oh, that was before the merger. That was when they expanded because they had 16 teams. Oh, okay, okay. And I think they needed something to do with those teams for those three years until they completed the merger, and then they could go to 13 and 13. Here's what, yeah, here's what it was. It was 16 teams. It was the capital division was Dallas, Philadelphia, Washington, and New Orleans. The century was Cleveland, the Giants, St. Louis, and Pittsburgh. The coastal was L.A., Baltimore, San Francisco, and Atlanta, which that's a little lame. The coastal division. First of all, Atlanta is not on the coast. It's way inland. I don't know what coast Baltimore is supposed to be on compared to New York. Um, And I think the other one, though, was still pretty close to the same, though, was Green Bay, Detroit, uh, and Chicago, yeah. Which it still is to this day. Yeah, obviously, I had a tamp in it for a little while. But yeah, that's like the only time the Giants weren't in the same division as those other teams. I'd also like to point out that a disproportionate number of these questions so far have been about Miami or the Dolphins. Fair enough. All right. Which team won the first postseason overtime game in NFL history? That would be the Baltimore Colts in 1958 against the New York Giants in the greatest game ever played. That is correct. Who was the first head coach in NFL history to win three Super Bowls with three different starting quarterbacks? We talked about this on an episode. Joe Gibbs. Yes, that is correct. I'd also just like to point out that your Gail Gilbert question is 10 times harder than any of the other questions have been. I know I'm not going to win. I'm fine if my percentages are right. Right now, I'm three and one. I'm fine with that. I mean, there's nothing I can do about you getting these questions. I've known, I think, most of the ones you've gotten. There might have been one I wasn't sure on, but. All right. It's seven to three currently for those scoring at home. You really should not be scoring at home. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> if you're actually doing this, you should should not be scoring at home. But where was Super Bowl thirty seven played? That would be the two thousand three Super Bowl. If you know this, I I know this. I think it was in Tampa. 
You are incorrect. It is Qualcomm Stadium, which I believe is San Diego. Oh, oh all right. Well, I, I, to, to be fair, I was wrong anyway. Okay. <laughs> what did you think it was? For some reason, I thought it was in Houston. Oh, you know why? Because I was, she said 2003, and I was thinking of 2003 being the Patriots and the Panthers, which was in Houston. That's actually what I was thinking of, too. I wasn't thinking of the previous one. But which she, did say, she did say 37, so that's... That's that's yeah, but I he asked the question right. But if, you, if that just shows how stupid my answer was, because if it was if I'd gotten the right Super Bowl, I would have obviously known it wasn't in Tampa because Tampa was in it. And there's that's never happened before. So this year with Tampa in Tampa one right. Tampa became the first team to win the Super Bowl in their home field. We're recording before the Super Bowl, so I'm just guessing. Well, this will air before the Super Bowl also. No, it won't. Oh, yeah. There's two weeks between the Super Bowl and not. All right, whatever. All right. It's finally my turn. It's back to Andrew. Here we are. The first AFC wildcard game was played in the 1978-1979 season. Who were the participants? AFC wildcard game in the 78 season. So, all right. I'm going to say it wasn't Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh would have been good. Pittsburgh won the Super Bowl that year. I'm going to say it probably was not. I know that did they play Houston in the AFC championship game that year. I'm going to guess Houston was one of the teams and 78. Was it Houston and Denver? No, it was. Well, I get to remember. I get to guess if you got it wrong. Oh, I am going to guess. I actually think Denver is a good, or I actually think Houston is a good guess. I'm going to guess Houston and God, Houston and Buffalo. That is incorrect. If you reference what you said earlier about my, the Miami dolphins being an answer for almost every question, it's Houston and Miami, the Oilers (laughs) won. um, And, Yes. 17 to 9, and then they beat New England the next. New England was the two seed in 1978. Yeah, they had a couple halfway decent seasons in the late 70s. Well, I do have to say, for the record, my Denver pick, I feel a little better about because Denver did win the division that year. Yeah, and they'd been in the Super Bowl the year before. Yeah. Well, I figured Oakland probably won the division. But. They All didn't. right, so I, I think since I failed to steal, I think Andrew keeps going. Really? Is that how we're doing? Okay. Yes. This, yeah, we don't need to be. That's fine. I'll just keep going. Okay. I have to admit that I don't know how to say this name, so we're just going to pause for a second here. How do you use Garrow, your premium. I, I have the, I'm covering the answer. Don't worry. Garrow, your premium? Yes. Yes. Ah. I should know this. <laughs> okay. In Super Bowl Seven, Garrow, your premium of the Miami Dolphins had a field goal blocked in an attempted comical pass. Which member of the Washington Redskins returned the blunder for a touchdown? And there's no choices on that? No. I can make up names if you'd like. I know is I think it was an African-American. <laughs> That's the only thing I really remember. Um, I don't remember. I know the play. I, I don't know who scored. And I have no idea either. The, the It's amazing how like two questions have been 
crazy hard and the others have been really easy, but I, I don't know the answer to this either. The answer is a gentleman named Mike Bass. He was, it was the Redskins only score uh, in this game. I believe his nickname was the outlaw. That's a wrestling reference and no, it was not. Um, I should get a point for the fact that she said, I don't know how to pronounce this name. And I said, you guess the name. And I said, Carol, you're premium. <laughs> but so is it, do I just keep going now or? Yes, you do keep going. How about if I get three wrong and you don't steal, it still becomes your turn. No, that's all right. You're fine. I'll just keep going until I get a question I get right. Yeah. I- that's fine. We'll market this as like a fun, casual episode, just so that the people who run the network aren't like appalled about this. <laughs> yes. All right. The New Orleans Saints won their first playoff game at the expense of which team? I want to say this was the St. Louis Rams. Is that correct? Yes, it is. That was in it, 19- I must say, the answer in the book just says the Rams. I'm going to trust that you all know which city the Rams were in during that. And you know why I know this? Is because the, this, it was in 2000, the Saints beat the Rams, and then the Saints lost to the Vikings in the second round, and then the Giants beat the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. So the the Saints hadn't won a playoff game until the Rams were in St. Louis in like the late 90s? 2000. Because think about how bad the Saints were. In the six, we, Remember when we talked about Archie Manning a few weeks ago? Yeah, but I would think, I mean, they had those teams in the late 80s that with were, all those linebackers and everything. Think about it. They were wild cards because of the 49ers. And then they had to go on the road in an era when road playoff teams did not often win. And they lost. So, I mean, I wasn't positive. If, so, if, if the answer had been, no, they won a playoff game in 1992, I wouldn't have been shocked. But I, re- I remember in that game, because the Giants were the one seed and they had the bye, and the Rams were the defending Super Bowl champions, but the Rams had been had a lot of injuries that year. So they got in as the sixth seed. But there was the fear that if they win, the Giants are going to have to play them next week. And, you know, people weren't real sure on the Giants' abilities in 2000. So I was worried that the saints would lose and the giants would end up with the defending super bowl champions in their first playoff game. And luckily the saints beat them. So the score stands at seven to four. I haven't even, I was supposed to be keeping track of how many I got right and wrong, but that went out the window. So it's still my turn, right? Yes, it is. What player set a record for most passing yards in a single Super Bowl in Super Bowl 34? I'm really testing my Roman numerals tonight. 34 would have to be Kurt Warner. That's correct. Okay. Um, how many yards was the NFL's first Super Bowl touchdown pass? Well, as we already established, this was Max McGee. And I feel like I know the play. I'm going to say it was 34 yards. That is incorrect, so we'll give Dan an opportunity. I'm picturing the play, too, and I feel like it was from... 
I think the first pass was from longer. The second one, he caught it in the end zone and he like bobbled it a little bit and caught it behind the goalpost. But the first one I feel like was longer. So I'm going to say 47. Well, Andrew was closer. The answer is 37. All right. Um, Having to guess an exact yard number is not... Without, that, I think, is a very... Yes. It's fine. We both got it wrong, but... Yes. All right. What team was the first to play in three consecutive Super Bowls? Did we just get this? <laughs> yeah, we, we already had this question. <laughs> If that one. That was all right. So there may only be eighty-nine questions in this book then that are gonna work. Um for those at home, this was the Miami Dolphins. For the record, I knew that before it was answered, but that's fine. We'll 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 just give you we'll Let's, just pretend that didn't happen and continue to move on. We'll edit it out. Um the Green Bay Packers were the winners of the first Super Bowl. What team did the Packers defeat to go to Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. Oh, they defeated the Dallas Cowboys. That is correct. Yeah, that was not the Ice Bowl. That was the Ice Bowl was '67, Super Bowl two. Super Bowl one was when Don Meredith threw the interception and the very last play of the game. That was the cotton in the Cotton Bowl. That was in Dallas. Well, it was it was they played the game in the same stadium. They didn't. The Cotton Bowl was a college football game. Yes, but the Cotton Bowl was also the name of the stadium. For the record, when I answered that, I was going to say in the ice bowl, even though I knew it was wrong, just to get you worked up like I used to do with Andy sometimes. <laughs> I was go, yeah, they beat them. That was in the, in the, in the ice bowl. So you go, no, it wasn't the ice, but I didn't. All right. It is seven to six. All right. Andrew, who is the first player in Super Bowl history to return an interception for a touchdown? Was that Herb Adderley? It was Herb Adderley. We talked about that on our In Memoriam episode. Herb Adderley, uh, unfortunately, passed away this year. Herb Adderley won first two Super Bowls with the Packers and then went on and won a third Super Bowl with Tom Landry and the Dallas Cowboys, but never wore his Cowboys championship ring. He said he was probably the only person in America with a Cowboys Super Bowl ring that he didn't where so we, we talk a lot about herb in our in memoriam episodes i think it was the i think it was the third one but i'm not a hundred percent it was at the end no, it was definitely the third because he died we had later to in cover the year. a few packers who passed away so yeah we did herb adderley willie wood and willie davis and paul horning for that matter so yeah check out our check out our in memoriam episode and i believe herb adderley is episode three so the, the score is tied now for half a second there, I forgot about him, and I was thinking it was uh, Old Man Willie, and I was going to yell, Old Man Willie, he's going all the way. And just to cl- There's a, a, a video me and my brother used to rent all the time from the video store when we were a kid. You know, this would have been the early 90s. Well, there were two, a lot of what we would rent. Occasionally, we'd rent like a regular movie, but I don't really remember much of that. What we'd rent most of the times were either Nintendo and then later Sega games. And this was pre-Blockbuster. This this was like local video stores. We would for a while the one was called Movies M O O V I E S, and the, all the boxes had pictures of cows on them, or like a cartoon cow. I remember but, that. But um, there were we'd either get video games like Nintendo games or later Sega games, wrestling tapes. As I've you know try to sneak in wrestling references all the time, so that or we would get 
sports tapes, and the big two we would always get were the 1990 uh, Giants video yearbook. Which, which we talked did. about last week. We talked about last week, and there was references to it. And then there was a history of the Super Bowl tape. And these are both on uh, YouTube, but this history of the Super Bowl tape, we're renting it in probably 1993, 94, somewhere in there. And it came out, the last Super Bowl it covered was the Super, was Super Bowl 22. So it didn't have the last five or six at the time. Now it's covered less than half of them. So the last one it had was the Broncos and the Redskins in 1987. But it was one of those as you, it, it was clearly tapes that just like every five years they would add on to without editing the beginning of it. Like the first six Super Bowls, they go like really in depth and interview people, and which was probably like some release in 1973 for some like ABC special, and then they just like tacked things on as the years went on. So some of that, like some of these things that appear to be out of nowhere, will be references to that tape. So, and what you're talking about is Super Bowl eleven, yeah, Super Bowl eleven when the Raiders play the Vikings and. Willie Brown, Hall of Fame cornerback, picked off a pass and Super Bowl nine. No, Super Bowl nine was Pittsburgh and uh, Super Bowl nine was Pittsburgh oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, and, right. and the Vikings. Super Bowl eleven was the Vikings and the Raiders and the announcer Jim King as Willie Brown's running back says he's going all the way, old man Willie. Incidentally, Jim King, uh, the only. He was the regular broadcaster for all three Oakland area teams, the Warriors, the uh, Raiders, and the A's. So he had a very interesting 1970s because he did the broadcast for three championship teams between like 1971 and 1975. All right. Back to questions now. It is seven to seven and Andrew is still up. All right. Which city was Super Bowl one played in? That was in Los Angeles. That is correct. At the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Which holds, which held just over 61,000 fans. You know, it'd be interesting to see what else is, like, what other early football, Super Bowl venues like that are still even around? Because, like, the Orange Bowl is gone. The, what even ones did they have that early besides those two? Does Tulane still play at the same stadium? I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming if they do, it's been extensively renovated, but we'd have to look into that. But when was the first Super Bowl at the Rose Bowl? That was that not till the Giants Broncos? No, there was at least one before that. Because I was looking up the other day when the last Super Bowl in a non NFL venue was, and it was all it was at the Rose Bowl. It was the first Cowboys Bills one because that was after that they put the rule in place that it had to be at an NFL stadium. Why did they do that? I think just because probably the teams wanted them all so bad that giving them to places that didn't have, that weren't NFL stadiums probably wasn't some, you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Pretty soon after that, not only was that not an NFL venue, there wasn't even a team in Los Angeles. That's true. Yeah. All right. Andrew has taken the lead eight to seven. All right. The next question for Andrew in Super Bowl nine. Who was the coach of the winning team? Well, we just talked about this. Super Bowl seven would have been Miami Super Bowl. Chuck Knoll. That is correct. Um, Knoll, of course, was the coach of Pittsburgh. Um, the Dallas Cowboys won five of these Super Bowls. How many Dallas Cowboys players were selected Super Bowl MVP? 
four, five, six, or seven. So to, to the question is, the Dallas Cowboys have won five Super Bowls. How many of them have been selected MVP? Yes, the wording was a little questionable on that, but that is the gist of the question, yes. So the logical answer would be five. But they also had a co-MVPs the one year, which is one I owe it. Yeah, because you didn't think I knew that. Um, they had co-MVPs. My as So when we do these, we're watching each other on video. So as soon as my brother thought I only knew about the one where they lost, he didn't realize I knew the one that they had co-MVPs. And as soon as I said they had co-MVPs, he buried his head in his hands, started weeping. Um, and the reason I, I know that is because when I do the Sporkle quizzes, I always get the one wrong. Not only because I, I forget either guy. Usually you can get one of them to get the question right. And I never get either guy. So the answer is actually seven because they won five Super Bowls, one of which was a co-MVP. And then they had a, uh, they were the only team to ever have the Super Bowl winner on a losing team, which is now why they don't announce it till after the game is over because they didn't want to have that anymore. And we talked last week about when Scott Norwood got up to kick his field goal about how the cameraman told him that if Eric cameraman was on two, there were two cameramen or NFL reps on the sidelines. One told Thurman Thomas that if Norwood made the kick, he'd be the MVP. And the other told Otis Anderson that if Norwood missed the kick, he'd be the MVP. The guy who was the winner when they lost was Chuck Howley. One of the great original Cowboys. He was one of the great original Cowboys. Another line from the video in case anybody's curious. And I think that the two, I, I forget I forget who the two were. I think it was Harvey Martin might have been one of them. I don't remember who the two were that were co-MVPs. Was he, he was one of them. It was Harvey Martin and Randy White um, were the two co-MVPs. Um, moving along, what team won the first NFL championship game? That would have been the Bears. That is correct. That would have been the one in 1933 we talked about. Yes. The NFL championship game. Next question. Which For anybody was curious, before that, the NFL, when they, which started in 1920, there just was none. It was sort of like a baseball season where at the end, the, whoever won was the champion, which obviously created some issues because a lot of times teams hadn't played the same number of games and Finally, having an NFL champion in 19th or a championship game was one of the first steps towards sort of standardizing the league into what we recognize today. And we talked in our 1920 episode about how the very first season, the Bears and I forget who it was that they played. It's a team that's no longer in existence. The Bears at the very end of the season, George Hallis set up some sort of a championship game between the bears and whoever the other top team was in 1920 you're talking in 1920 about. but it was the rules were a little bit fluid so much so that the bears who i think at the time were still known as the decatur staley's they brought in players from other teams they brought in a guy from the chicago cardinals to play in the game just to give them a little bit of an edge and i think i think they ended up winning that the other team was the Akron pros. So yeah, we, if you want to hear more about the very first season of the NFL, check out our 1920 in sports episode. 
All right, Andrew, your next question. Which was the first artist to headline a Super Bowl halftime show as a solo act? Michael Jackson. That is correct. In 1993. So from what I understand with that, for anybody who doesn't, before that, a lot of halftime shows, I mean, the first, for a long time, the halftime shows were just sort of what you'd see at normal NFL games, maybe a little trumped up with marching bands and things like that. And then as the 80s wore on, there started to be some more mainstream acts, but it wasn't, it was more in the context of like a an, a, a collaboration or, or a medley or, or something like that. It really became what we know it now, starting with Michael Jackson that year. And it's kind of a famous thing where, you know, the halftime Super Bowl halftime show is longer than an NFL halftime game, but it's very rigidly timed because they still do have to have, uh, you know, the players still have to get back out on the field and warm up like they would in a normal game. So it's very, they have to set up the stage and take it apart and all that. And, his cue was supposed to be he would stand on the stage and the music track was supposed to start when he took his sunglasses off. And Michael Jackson, a lot of people don't know, was kind of a unique guy. And he um, he basically just stood with his head tilted with his sunglasses on for like two minutes while everybody's freaking out about the time cues before he finally took his glasses off and gave a memorable performance. But I don't think the people who were in charge of... Uh, giving the time cues were appreciated that he didn't uh, go home, so to speak, when they expected him to. The score stands at 12 to seven in Andrew's favor. Moving along. How many teams that played in the Super Bowl had an undefeated Super Bowl record during the first four decades? I'm sorry. Let me read this question again. How many teams that played in the Super Bowl had an undefeated Super Bowl record during the first four decades of the 1960s to the 1990s? So everything prior to 2000, I guess. Yes. I don't know. All right. I'm going to do, I'm going to put kind of a soft time limit on myself just so I can't take forever on this. I'm going to go through it in my head. The Jets would have been one. The Steelers, no. The Browns, no. The Bengals, no. The Ravens hadn't played if we're not counting 2,000. Uh, Colts, no. Texans, Titans, Jaguars, no. Broncos, no. Raiders, no. Steelers, or Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, no. Chargers, no. Giants, yes. Well, Giants, that's going to be right on the border if they count 2,000 or not, but it doesn't seem like they are, so... Giants, yes. Cowboys, no. Washington, no. Packers, at that point, no. Bears, yes. Lions, no. Vikings, no. Uh, Bucks, at that point, no. Saints, no. Falcons, no. Who's the fourth team in that division? Panthers hadn't played in one. Rams, no. 49ers at that point, yes. Rams, 49ers. Cardinals, no. Seahawks. I'm going to say four. That is correct. And you, that's the 49ers, the Giants, the Jets, and the Bears. Um, very was, impressive to rattle all that off. Well, I just, I didn't want to be like, let me take an hour on this. Hopefully, I didn't take too long. I mean, you know. No, you can go through the, the divisions very quickly in your head. It's impressive. All right. Your next question. I wish there was a woman in the world who wasn't married to my brother. Who <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <It's fine. laughs> 
how many rookies started in the defensive backfield of the 1981 San Francisco 49ers the season they won their first Super Bowl? So I basically have to choose between zero and four. I don't think they would ask the question if it was zero or one, to be honest. I'm going to say three. You are correct. That was a very good guess. Um, I I figured it had to be a high number. I figured it was either three or four. Does it list them? Yes, I, well, I can read the description. Following the 1980 season, the 49ers front office agreed sh- sh- shutting up their coverage was a top priority. The franchise defeated Southern Cal's cor- um, drafted, not defeated, drafted Southern Cal cornerback safety Ronnie Lott, Missouri cornerback Eric Wright, Pittsburgh safety Carlton Williams. All three were immediate starters. Lot, Lot, and Wright, I think, are two of the five guys who ended up being on the 49ers for all four of their championships. Joe Montana's one, and then there was a receiver, Mike Wilson. I don't remember who the fifth was. Moving on, Andrew is now up by a touchdown, 14 to 7. In Super Bowl 22, Washington Redskins running back Timmy Smith broke Marcus Allen's record for the most yards gained in a single Super Bowl with 204 yards. But which one of the following players had held the record before Allen broke it in Super Bowl uh, 18? Uh, Franco Harris, Larry Zonka, Kenny King, or John Riggins? Riggins. Crank up that diesel. It was actually would have been from the year before. It would have been John Riggins. That record only lasted a year. That is correct. Crank up that diesel. Yes. Andrew is on quite a roll here. Moving along. Dan Marino was the first quarterback from the famed class of 83 to start a Super Bowl, losing to the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 19. Who was the second quarterback from that class to start a Super Bowl? So this it's 83, right? Yeah, the class of 83. I always screw up who the third one is in this. Was it John Elway? We're going to see if it is not. So let's see if Dan has the... He's going to know. Okay, so I'm... Elway definitely was a part of that class. So if you think about it, that really narrows it down. Because... Marino was 19. I think I'm pretty sure that Tony Eason from the Patriots was a part of that class. You would be correct. So yeah, we now. I was thinking of that as the class being the three guys, which I'm, I'm not complaining about the question. I just, for a sec, when I said Elway, I wasn't sure if Elway was part of that class or not. I was not thinking about Tony Eason. So, well, it was. Marino to Elway was the name of the 30 for 30. So I knew they were both. Jim Kelly was in that class too, right? Kelly was in it also. That's, that's what I was thinking of. I I knew it was Marino and Jim Kelly. I did not know for sure if Elway was in that class. I was not like, I was thinking of literally three guys and I just wasn't sure if Elway was the third guy or not. Tony Eason, I believe still the only quarterback never to only starting quarterback that didn't complete a pass. He was over six with, at least one interception in that game. And the I told this story on one of our first episodes, but one of my favorite stories is uh, 
John Hanna, the Hall of Fame offensive guard for the Patriots in his last ever game, came out of the game after, I think, two series, maybe three, and he said to the coaching staff, he said, you can leave that guy in, but I'm not going to block for him if you do. And that was the end of Tony Eason. And that was the last, the last game of John Hanna's career, too. That was, uh, that was it. That's what I meant. It was the last game of Hanna's career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the score stands at 15-8. to eight. You have the board. All right. Who was the first team in Super Bowl history to lose three Super Bowls? I just want to make sure I'm not missing anybody that I shouldn't. Hmm. Minnesota Vikings. That is correct. Um, moving along. When the Oakland Raiders beat the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl Eleven, what happened that had never happened before in Super Bowl history? That's pretty open-ended. What happened that never happened before in Super Bowl history? I mean, that's that's really open. It's the first time the Raiders played the Vikings. It was the first time that, you know, John Jackson got to go to a game with his parents. Probably the first time whoever played the halftime show played the halftime show. Yeah, and I feel like this might be something that's like supposed to be super well known, and I just you see what can't. the answer is. And if you, I mean, obviously, if you get it right, you get it right. But if you get it wrong, we're gonna see if this one counts. If the answer is really dumb, like you know, it rained or something, that's you know. Well, you'll get a guess too. So right. I'm gonna say it was the first safety. That is incorrect, Andrew. Do you have any educated guesses here? I don't have any educated guesses. So is it what happened to the first time ever? in that Super Bowl, and I can't say it was an interception return for a touchdown because I know that happened. That would have been, what, 77? The 76 season? The only thing I was thinking is it was the first time that the goalposts were in the back of the end zone, but I don't think that's accurate. Um, I don't know how they would phrase that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say it was the first time the game – it was the first time it rained. Yeah, No, that is incorrect. In fact, the answer has nothing to do with football, I would argue. Um, the answer is the winning quarterback had a reptile nickname. Oh, that's a horrendous <laughs> question. What? I'm for, for, the, for the record, Kenny the Snake Stabler – but that's what, like all these questions have been before this. Look, my brother and I are good at, the, at trivia for this. Like when, when you know a lot of what I'm trying, like it's tough to find questions and we're getting most of these right, but it is, it's tough to find questions that like a lot of times people will go like, you'll look online for like difficult Super Bowl trivia and it'll be like, the third question will be like, which team has won more Super Bowls than anybody else? And it's like, that's not a difficult question. So it's like, it's tough to, you have to try to find ones that are difficult, but also if we were sitting here getting every question wrong, if it was like, how many, you know, what were the, what was the offensive ranking of the 87 Redskins? It's like, okay, that's, that's pedantic. Like, it's tough to find questions that are challenging, but aren't, so minute that they're pointless. Like, 
you know, within three yards, how many yards did Brett Favre throw for in 1990? So, so like, these have been pretty good so far. Maybe a notch tougher would be better than what we're doing, but I acknowledge that, like, we're good at this, especially you. You're uh, winning. Yeah, but but I mean, that's an absurd question. Like, it's it would be like if you're like, what didn't happen that day? It's like, <laughs> like you know, it's a, it's the first time that you know. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> I, 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 imagine I, if I got that. Imagine if anybody got that right. To be fair, I also had to switch pages to read that answer, so I hadn't looked at it for a while. So I, uh, yes, I, I think I may have nixed that question. I mean, no harm, no foul, because it's just Dan's turn still. But like, that is true. But, uh, but like, how seriously? I'd like to write the letter to the guy who, like, how would anybody get that right? You could maybe get it right, Jeopardy version. You could, you could easily get it right, Jeopardy version. But anyway, go ahead. All right, moving along, back to a question about actual football. During the first 40 Super Bowls, who was the first team to go to four straight Super Bowls? The Buffalo Bills. Yes, that would be correct. That's the first time, that's the second time they've invoked this. I'd like to point out that it's probably pretty obvious what they've done is taken questions from a quiz from 2000. Yeah, I, yeah, there haven't been a ton of questions about the last 20 years or so. That's a yeah, good we've point. We've gotten two straight that have said in the or we've gotten two so far that have said during the first 40 Super Bowls. So, well the other thing too is that the first would still be the first regardless of well, <laughs> either way. The score stands at 15 to 10. All right. Moving along, Dan. Which kicker ended the 1998 Minnesota Vikings season with a 38-yard field goal in the NFC Championship game? How is that a question about the Super Bowl? How is the question about 1933 about the Super Bowl? Good point. I'm going to say that was... God, they, they were both named Anderson, and I'm going to get the wrong one. It was Morton Anderson. You got the right one, in fact. Um, oh, oh. I thought the question was who missed it. All right, never mind. Yeah, the one who missed it was Gary Anderson. Who Hadn't he not missed a field goal all year or something crazy like that? Not missed a field goal all year. They were 15-1. and one. That Vikings team, that's one of those teams that you don't, you don't, because they were only really good for the one year. But that team was, that was like a, they were the Rams before the Rams, sort of. They were sort of like the, the, the greatest show on turf a year early. All right, your next question. Who was the first head coach to lead his team or teams to six Super Bowl appearances? Oh, it's Don Shula. I was thinking he only went five times with the Dolphins, but then he went the one time with the Colts too, so it's it's Shula. That is correct, and I would like to note that Bill Belichick is not mentioned in the other answers so what was just said a few minutes ago about it not being more recent might be correct um next question in the 1992 season frank reich directed the buffalo bills to a thrilling comeback overtime victory over the houston oilers they also met the week before 
if you add the final score of the final game of the season to the largest deficit that Buffalo faced, what would the score be? Can you just repeat the math part of it, please? I'll plug in the Chevy Chase clip from SNL when he says it was my understanding there would be no math. Plug <laughs> that into the episode when, we, when you edit it. <laughs> if you add the final score of the final game of the season to the largest deficit that Buffalo faced, what would the score be? So Buffalo was down 35-3 in the game. So that was 32. I don't know. Maybe the previous game was like really low scoring. I'm going to guess 35. Um, that is incorrect. And I also note that the question is, what would the score be? So we're looking for two answers here. So Andrew, any guesses? Oh, I forgot it was going to be my turn. So I looked it up. So I, I can't answer. All I would right. It right anyway, but <laughs> so the answer is 62 to six. In the final game of the year, the Houston Oilers defeated the Bills at the Astrodome 27 to 3 and then led 35 to 3 at Rich Stadium in the third quarter. That so would not be enough. I guess they're saying through like six quarters, they had beaten them 62 to 6, and then the Bills came back. I think that's a better point to make than it is a trivia question. It's not a trivia question. No, nobody would know that. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go. It's now 15 to 12 and the board is still mine. All right. Super Bowl 20 featured one of the most dominating defenses of all time, the Chicago Bears. How many rushing yards did they allow the New England Patriots in the game? Uh, I think it's a really low lumber. I think it's like 17. Andrew, any guesses? 27. You both are off. It was just seven yards. The Patriots had a record for on the ground. Um, so, yes, that, that was not so good. Imagine how bad it would have been if they had left Tony Eason and John Hanna hadn't blocked. <laughs> Imagine if he had actually gone through with that. And oh, one of the greatest offensive linemen of all time just didn't block, just just stood there, and the Bears just ran right by him. I wonder if he would. He probably wouldn't get into the Hall of Fame because of that. All right, what quarterback set a record for the longest pass play from scrimmage in Super Bowl Thirty One? Well, 31. Okay. Well, it's a 50-50 chance. Was it Favre? It was Favre. He threw for 81-yard pass to Antonio Freeman. Your next question. Where was Super Bowl two played? <laughs> That would have been the Orange Bowl in Miami. That is correct. Okay. 
how many players from the Green Bay Packers Super Bowl one team were eventually enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Okay, so I do know this, and I'm hoping because it's 2021 on the list. So let me ask Allison a question. If you're sure it's right and the thing is wrong, then you get the question. Okay. So Bart Starr, Paul Horning, Jim Taylor, Jerry Kramer, Forrest Gregg, Willie Davis, Henry Jordan, Ray Nitschke, Dave Robinson, Willie Wood, and Herb Adderley. So I'm going to say 11. So this only has nine. It was missing two of the folks that you said. So... I think we're going to say he gets that one. If, if you're positive, you're right. You're right. Yeah, especially if she says it's missing two because Dave Robinson and Jerry Kramer have been inducted recently. So the score is now tied. Why don't we give me a couple more and then see what happens once Andrew gets the board back and then we'll, we'll call it a game. How's that sound? You want to keep belaboring this? Yeah, that's fine. It's an episode for fun. It's, you know... Not everything has to be as serious as talking about Mount Rushmore's for the Texans. We can, we, can, we can let our hair down at some point. Would it work if I read a question and you both tried to answer at the same time? Like, who answered it first, or would that not work? Yeah. No, we can do this for a few more minutes. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. No, we're just having fun. I'm enjoying this. I don't care if I lose. It's, you know. But, yeah, keep going, and we'll see what happens. All right. In January of 1970, the Kansas City Chiefs won their first and only, no, Super Bowl. Who did they defeat in the AFC championship game? I think it was the Oakland Raiders. That is correct. That's what I would have guessed. Um, all right. Who scored the Jets' only touchdown in Super Bowl three? Matt Snell. Yes, on a four-yard run to put them up 7 nothing in the second quarter. A lot of people think that Snell probably should have been the MVP of that Super Bowl instead of Joe Namath. Namath might be the only quarterback ever to win MVP in a Super Bowl and not throw a single touchdown pass. Hmm. All right, your next question. Jerry Rice recorded 11 receptions in one Super Bowl, but who was the first player to grab 11 balls in one Super Bowl? I don't have a good guess to this. I'm going to guess John Stallworth. That is incorrect. Andrew, do you have a guess? Lynn Swan. Also incorrect. Um, it was Dan Ross. He had uh, 11 catches in Super Bowl 16 for the Bengals. Oh, wow. It took that long, huh? I, I would have thought one of the Steelers in the 70s did it, but. Yes. All right. Staying with Dan, the closest Super Bowl ever was decided by how many points? I would say that would be one point. That was Super Bowl 25, the subject of last week's episode. That is correct. That's a record that's unlikely to be broken. <laughs> Who was the first head coach to lose two Super Bowls? 
Don Shula, he lost two of the first six. That is correct. All right, your next question. The first Super Bowl was played in what season? I could be a real smart ass and say winter. But... I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> the nineteen sixty six season. Yes, that is correct. Which of the following singers has never performed in a Super Bowl halftime show? Tony Bennett, Britney Spears, the Blues Brothers, Whitney Houston. I'm going to say Whitney Houston because I think she only did the national anthem once again at Super Bowl 25, the subject of last week's episode. You are correct with that. Of the Super Bowls played in the 1980s, what was the most points scored by the losing team in those games? Most points scored by the losing team. Uh... Hmm. I'm going to guess that it was the Broncos with 20 in Super Bowl 21 against the Giants. According to this, the answer is 21. Oh, I was going to say 23. So, okay. It was sorry. It's 21. It was the Bengals Bengals. lost 26 to 21 in the Super Bowl 16. You know, I knew. Oh, and see, I was wrong anyway. I was going to guess it was the other Bengals Super Bowl. So. All right. I apologize. That was no, I, I didn't have it anyway. The exact number ones, I don't. <laughs> All right. Who was the first athlete in history to win both an Olympic gold medal and a Super Bowl ring? Was it Bob Hayes? It is. I believe he was an Olympic sprinter, and then he was also a wide receiver in the with the Cowboys. Also famous Bob Hayes during the ice ball for when they would call a running play, Bob Hayes would not take his hands out of his pants when he lined up at wide receiver. So he, the Packers knew what play was coming because Bob Hayes was so cold. <laughs> All right. Which of the following Super Bowls holds the distinction as being the first one to have been played in February? Super Bowl 34, Super Bowl 35, Super Bowl 37, or Super Bowl 36? Thirty-six. It was the Patriots and the Rams. It was the nine eleven year. It yes, that is correct. On February third, two thousand two. Who was the first quarterback to start a Super Bowl against his former team? We talked about this last week, too. It was Craig Morton for the Broncos against Dallas. That is correct. Next question. Who was the first team to go to a Super Bowl and go home without scoring a touchdown? That is, once again, the Miami Dolphins against the Cowboys in Super Bowl number six. 
Yes, they lost 24 to 3. All right, so I have uh, officially, I, I am leading by 10. So why don't we give the board back to Andrew and see what he can do with it? All right, Andrew. What distinction does Trent Dilfer, who quarterbacked the Baltimore Ravens over the New York Giants in Super Bowl 35, hold? I mean, he's there's a few that I'm thinking of. He, he was the only Super Bowl winner to only the first Super Bowl winning quarterback to only be on the team one year or to have left the year after. Yeah, you're correct. It's the first starting quarterback to win a Super Bowl in his only season with the team. So He's also the first non-MVP to record the I'm going to Disney World commercial because the guy who won the MVP had very recently been accused of murder. Um, I don't know if that was on there. And he also, that one year, managed to, uh, to be enough to get him on the Baltimore Ravens Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks two weeks ago, exactly. three weeks ago. This keeps leading into good plugs for our show. Here we go. It did, however, note that he was a nice man and model citizen, which perhaps was a dig at the certain other player who was not to be named. During the first 40 Super Bowls, how many never, how many team? whoa, sorry. During the first 40 Super Bowls, how many teams never appeared in the big game? First 40. All right, now I got to reverse engineer because I know the four... So Super Bowl 40 was the Steelers and the uh, Seahawks. So that so that knocks the Seahawks off. So first 40, you have the four that have never made it now, which is the Jaguars, the Panthers, the Texans, and the Browns. So then you also will have the, since 40, 41, you got the... Who's made it since then that wouldn't be on that list? The Saints, the Cardinals. Let me just do this real quick. I'll go through it real quick. Cardinals, 49ers, Rams, Seahawks. Seahawks just make it. Falcons, Saints. We talked about the Saints. Falcons made it in 98. Panthers, we talked about. Panthers have never... Panthers made it, but Panthers made it before that. In fact, Bucks made it in thirty-seven. The Lions, I'm missing. I know I the Panthers I, have made it I, since. I, by I, the way, I got it. 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 Shut up. I figured it out. Um, Vikings, Packers, Bears, Lions is who I was thinking of instead of the Panthers. I see all large cats as equal. Um, four NFC East teams. In the AFC East, you got all four of them have made it. None of them have ever won that I consider legitimate, except the Dolphins. Um, Browns, we talked about. Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, the South, Texans, Colts, Titans. Titans made it, yep. I'm going to go with six as the number. That is correct. You had me concerned there with the Panthers for a second, but you rebounded. I figured it out. Um, all a lot right. of people realize that the Panthers actually, the Lions moved to Carolina in 95, and then there was an expansion Lions starting right after that. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> we don't need confusion. Okay. <laughs> I, li- I like to just say things that are patently untrue. To get, <laughs> Even I knew that one was untrue. Um, who ended the Houston Oilers in 19... 19- then who ended the Houston Oilers 1989 season with a 50 yard field goal in the AFC wild card game in 1989. That is correct. Yes. 
All right. So the 89 AFC championship game was the, this was the last year of the five teams making it the next year. They went up to six 89. The AFC championship game was the Broncos against the Browns. Um, so somebody would have had to have won the East. Um, and you said the Oilers was the team who lost, right? Yes. Yes. I'm guessing Buffalo won the East. Uh, was it the no? Was it the Browns? Well, we're looking for the name of the kicker. Oh, oh I'm really not going to get. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I can either confirm or deny that that is the team. Yeah, I don't really remember who the kicker was then. Um, Scott Norwood. That is incorrect. Dan, I mean, do you have a guess? I switched teams there just because I didn't know the kick. I had to pick a kicker. Yeah, that would have been my guess, too. I'm going to guess, God, kickers from the late 80s. Um, Chris Barr. The answer is, in fact, Gary Anderson. Um, he gave the Pittsburgh Steelers a 26 to 23 win. So, wow. None of my machinations were even close to correct there. All right. Well, we hope you all enjoyed this. Something a little different this time around. A good time was had by all. Thanks to Allison for reading the questions and providing the answers and for providing a little bit of levity as well. And thanks to Thumper the dog for staying asleep in his chair for the entirety of the episode. Andrew, did you have anything to add before we signed off? No. I mean, again, this was fun. I I, I hope people aren't it was meant to just be a little enjoyable and play some trivia and, and tell some jokes and kind of mess around with each other. It's, you know, we'll be back to more normal serious episodes or, or what, what have you after this, but uh, you know, it's, it's sort of Super Bowl time and it's, it's fun to, to just sort of answer some trivia questions and things like that. I know this is probably not the episode we would hold up to people to say this is what we do but might might be the most enjoyable episode at least in terms of recording it so yeah we figured we'd just do a little something we were kind of inspired by and i don't even know if they're doing it this year i assume they're not but the super bowl trivia contest that mad dog does and that mike and the mad dog did all those years where you'd answer questions and if you got four questions you'd win uh, Super Bowl tickets and that was sort of my original vision for this was to have a bunch of contestants and I would come up with some some questions but uh, like I said some, some scheduling conflicts and things didn't work out so this will have to do at least for this year but uh, as Andrew said we'll be back next week back to a little bit more of a normal episode and thank you all for joining us for our Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl trivia show until next week I'm Dan Newman and I'm Andrew Newman goodbye old sports this podcast is part of the Sports History Network your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, Here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. 
We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.